Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Good evening, friends. Father Frank Pavone here, Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America. Unbelievable things are happening across America right now for the good. You know, for years and years and years, we waited to see what's going to be the first abortion-free state. What's going to be the first state that protects the unborn? And there were seven states that had just one remaining abortion facility. And we were waiting to see when is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? Where is it going to be? And now, not just by the day, but by the hour, things are changing across America. The abortion industry like a house of cards is collapsing we're going to let you know tonight what states have now become abortion free and what is happening in this incredible display of god's power right now moving across the united states his hand of life erasing the abortion industry collapsing because it was built on a fabrication, and now the, that the Supreme Court has recognized the so-called constitutional right to abortion as the fabrication that it always was, it has pulled the ground away from the abortion industry. We're going to just give you a, a, a little view, but as I tell you, it's changing by the hour. So at this snapshot in time, we're going to give you somewhat of an idea of what's going on and why it's happening and what we need to do about it. And I also want to give you some very simple talking points, and I'll show you where they are online, that you can use in conversation with others about what this whole thing means. We'll get to all that. People around the country are rejoicing, not only those of us that have worked in the pro-life movement full-time, but Anybody who is pro-life in their heart, in their spirit, uh, you know, even if they've just given just a little bit of time and effort to this cause, this is a great moment for joy. So I want to start with the scripture that we find in Psalm 66, praise of God, Israel's deliverer. And I want to pray this psalm with, with what I just said in mind, what is happening right now across America is it's just it's, it's the victory of life. It's amazing. So uh, let's pray in that way. Shout joyfully to God, all you on earth. Sing praise to the glory of His name. Proclaim His glorious praise. Say to God, how tremendous are your deeds. For your great strength, your enemies fawn upon you. Let all earth worship and sing praise to you. Sing praise to your name. Come and see the works of God. His tremendous deeds among men. He has changed the sea into dry land. Through the river they passed on foot. Therefore let us rejoice in Him. He rules by His might forever. His eyes watch the nations. Rebels may not exalt themselves. Bless our God, you peoples. Loudly sound His praise. He has given life to our souls and has not let our feet slip. For you have tested us, O God. You have tried us as silver is tried by fire. You have brought us into a snare. You laid a heavy burden on our backs. 
You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you have led us out to refreshment. I will bring holocaust to your house. To you I will fulfill the vows which my lips uttered and my words promised in my distress. Holocausts of fatlings I will offer you with burnt offerings of rams. I will sacrifice oxen and goats. Hear now all you who fear God, while I declare what he has done for me. When I appeal to him in words, praise was on the tip of my tongue. Were I to cherish wickedness in my heart, the Lord would not hear. But God has heard. He has hearkened to the sound of my prayer. Blessed be God, who refused me not my prayer or His kindness. Let us pray. Father, we bless you tonight. Because America is being rescued right before our eyes. We are being rescued from the falsehood that somehow it's okay to kill babies. We are being rescued from the falsehood that somehow it's okay for some human beings at certain stages of their lives not even to be protected in their most fundamental right. We are being rescued, Lord God, from the lie of abortion. We are being rescued from the ongoing Holocaust that hundreds and hundreds of abortion facilities across our country have been engaged in for five decades. We are witnessing, Lord God, before our eyes, these facilities closing, the laws once again protecting the unborn, the numbers of abortions plummeting, and Lord God, the victory of life that so many have been working for and praying for for so many years. Lord God, keep us focused on you. Let us see and understand the reasons for this victory. Let us do as this word that we have just proclaimed tells us to do. To praise you with all our hearts, to rejoice in you, to let your praise be on our lips. For we do this in the name of the only Lord, the only Savior, the only hope of humanity, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You know, that psalm talks about God putting a heavy burden on our backs. You know, we all go through difficulties in our lives. There are times when people say to us, oh, I know you're going through a hard time. You know, these must be difficult days. And you know, when I have had those little periods uh, in, in, in my life, especially since the time that I have been involved full-time in fighting abortion, and it's been for the last 30 years. I've said to people, no, 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 it's not the particular problem I might have at any specific moment or people who are attacking me or people who are opposing me or difficulties of whatever kind. It is not those things that are making for difficult days. Don't tell me during those periods of time that you know I must be going through difficult days. Because what has been difficult above any of the changing winds or tides of life over these last 50 years, but especially the last 30 years, for me, when I've been focused full-time on the evil of abortion, is the fact that that's happening. That in this great nation, we can actually allow under the law the dismemberment of a live human baby. I mean, if, if, if that's not barbarity, what is? 
that we can allow their, their arms to be torn off, their legs to be twisted off, their, their skulls to be removed in fragments. And this has been going on for, for 50 years, and people have been calling it a right? No, no, this has been a nightmare. And so for so many of you, for me, for people around the country, for people around the world, really, who are tuned into this, because it's easy to miss it. It's easy for it to go up over our heads. This has been the daily burden. This has been the daily weight on our souls and on our bodies. And now it's being lifted little by little, not all at once, but right now at lightning speed. I want to give you a little bit of a of a summary of what's going on. But leave your questions and comments. I see a, a bunch of them already, and I uh, uh, am uh, grateful for that. I'll take some of these questions. Let's see what we uh, if we have one. In fact, that we can uh, uh, that we can go to right now. Oh well, you know, Mar- Marianne, this is a common. <laughs> you know, we're living in the midst of this crisis, and now we're we're working our way out of it. And the Supreme Court has opened a big door to get us out of it. And yet we have these people like Pelosi and Biden who are still pushing for uh, unlimited abortion. They still want to push for it. They still want to go down that track. And Marianne is asking, well, how come Pelosi is, you know, claiming to be a Catholic and receiving communion and, you know, the Pope doesn't seem to be doing much about it. Listen, brothers and sisters, this is a scandal. But Pelosi, you know, they're putting on these these shows. Oh, she goes over to Rome. Why did she go over to Rome? Going over to the Vatican. Oh, let me attend Mass at the Vatican and receive communion. As if that means abortion and pushing abortion are okay. As if. She wants to create that impression. And yes, a lot of people will be fooled by that. But brothers and sisters, you and I are not fooled. And we've got to make sure other people aren't fooled either. She has no declaration, no document, no uh, uh, assertion from anybody that, oh, you know, the church has now changed its mind. You know, Mrs. Pelosi, it's perfectly okay that you're pushing for unlimited abortion and you want Americans to pay for it. And uh, no, the church doesn't say that because the church can't say that because it isn't true, not because of what the church says. Abortion is not wrong because the Pope says it. It's wrong because of what it is. And that's what we have to keep pointing her back to and what we have to keep pointing all our fellow Americans back to. What is this act itself? What is this violence? So show me, Nancy Pelosi, the letter that you got from the Pope saying abortion's okay. Show me the letter that you got saying it's okay for you to push for this to lead the House in a vote on the most radical, extreme abortion bill in our history. Show me where you were told this is okay. Because, friends, if she were told that that was okay, we would oppose that with all our strength and dismiss it for the radical nonsense that it is. But because it's radical nonsense, the fact of the matter is she hasn't been told that, and she'll never be told that, by the church. She can put on all the shows that she wants. She can go to all the masses at the Vatican that she wants. 
She can get all the pictures she wants with the Pope. Let me tell you three simple words to keep in mind and to repeat to others every time this comes up. It means nothing. I worked at the Vatican myself. All kinds of people get their pictures taken with the Pope. All kinds of people go to Mass at the Vatican. It means nothing in terms of whether what they believe and how they are living corresponds to the teachings of the church. It means absolutely nothing. Well, except maybe one thing. The camera worked. That's what it means. The camera worked. That's it. That's it. All right. So let's stay focused, stay on the track. I put up, let me show you a website, friends. You know, we've been talking throughout this whole drama of the Supreme Court uh, where we thought they were about to overturn Roe v. Wade. Then they actually did do it on June the 24th. Let me show you the website we've been talking about. It's called SupremeCourtVictory.com. And as all these things have been developing and changing, of course, we've been updating it every day. I want to show you something we just put up there uh, late last night. Uh, You go to that page. Of course, you see the justices there. You see some boxes there with links to certain key resources. I want you to be able to use these. I want you to be able to find these. And the one I want to look at is the second one uh, from the left on the top, Talking Points. Let's click on that, and I want to actually read for you. These are very, very simple talking points, very simple concepts helping us to understand what in the world has been going on. How do we understand this uh, reversal of Roe v. Wade? Because, friends, there's a lot of misinformation out there. You know this as well as I do. The other side always wants to uh, uh, twist and make... The other side wants simple things to be confusing, okay? I mean, I always tell people, when people say to me, oh, Father Frank, this is a hard thing you're dealing with this issue. It must be very difficult. I say, no, it's the easiest thing in the world. You know, my whole mission is to convince people you don't kill babies. My goodness, if I ever thought that was going to be my, my mission, I'd say, well, how, how come people need an explanation of that? You know, it's really very simple. Okay, let me go through these points for you. You're going to understand this better than most people in the world understand it after you look at these 17 Again, rather simple talking points. Number one, Roe v. Wade, 1973, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, 1992. In these cases, the Supreme Court took sides in the abortion debate and said that abortion, unlike any other medical procedure and unlike most other human activities, had a special status as a constitutional right. Okay, so that's what those cases did. That was the mistake they made. Point two, this meant it was very difficult for the law to prohibit or limit it. The court said the American people, through their elected lawmakers, could not prohibit abortion prior to viability. Sounds like a suppression of democracy, right? Point number three. These cases, Roe and Casey, did admit, however, that the right to abortion was not absolute. Because along with the woman's freedom, there was also her health to be protected and the developing life inside of her to be considered. Though the court said that the state does have an interest in protecting these things, but then it tied the hands of the state as far as how far it could go in actually protecting them. All right, point number four, because of all this, anytime a pro-life law was passed, a court battle would ensue. And the Supreme Court had to rule on abortion dozens of times over the last 50 years. But the rules the Supreme Uh, uh, court used in order to evaluate laws about abortion kept changing 
and were unclear. Judges around the country were confused in how a, about how a court would rule on abortion. And the laws became a very unpredictable. The, the court rulings on these laws became very unpredictable. People felt more and more powerless to make any meaningful change. Number five, the Dobbs case. The court examined the question of whether the Constitution really does confer a right to abortion and concluded that it does not. The Dobbs case was really the first time the court adequately addressed this question because in Roe, it didn't make much of a constitutional argument. It used discredited history and outdated science. Then Casey, some 20 years later, literally skipped over the core question of whether the Constitution confers a right to abortion. So now, just recently, the court really adequately addressed this question for the very first time. Point six, by deciding that abortion is not a constitutional right, Dobbs overruled Roe and Casey and returned the regulation of abortion to the people, we the people, and our elected representatives. The Supreme Court, in other words, is no longer taking sides on the abortion debate, and it's not imposing any national policy. Instead, it's leaving it to us, the American people, to work out abortion policy through our elected representatives at every level of government. Point seven, Dobbs made clear a right to abortion is nowhere in the text of the Constitution or in the history, tradition, and legal practices of our country. When courts consider a constitutional right, it's either in the text or in the history. Abortion is in neither. And history shows, in fact, that it was considered a crime in every state. Point eight, supporters of Roe and Casey say that the right to abortion is rooted in a broader right of privacy or in the provision of liberty in the 14th Amendment. But again, history does not show this. And Dobbs reminded us that courts need to be very cautious about reading into liberty rights that aren't there. The Supreme Court has had to correct itself on this matter in the past. Nine, as for privacy, the right to abortion is not like privacy rights about whom you will marry or how you will educate your children, because none of these or other widely acknowledged privacy rights involve purposely ending a life. Even Roe and Casey acknowledge that abortion, because of this, is inherently different and is a unique act. Number 10, in deciding cases, the Supreme Court looks at how it has ruled on previous similar cases. And it has a presumption of sticking with those previous decisions. So the courts can have a certain predictability and consistency. This is called stare decisis. But it's not absolute. It's not an inexorable command, as the court has, has declared. The court has reversed itself many times when it realized that a past decision was wrong. Segregation, for example, legalized by Plessy versus Ferguson in 1896, was overturned by Brown versus Board of Education 58 years later. Number 11, Dobbs cited five reasons for overruling Roe and Casey. First, the decision that abortion was a constitutional right was an egregious error 
not on a small matter, but on a very deeply consequential matter, which it removed, which removed it from the democratic lawmaking process. Second reason, number 12, is that the reasoning behind Roe and Casey were exceptionally weak. Both decisions drew lines about when and in what way abortion could be regulated, but they gave no reason why the Constitution requires the lines to be drawn in those places. The policy they set was more like legislative activity than judicial activity. And Casey, although it upheld Roe, also modified it quite significantly, changed its reasoning, and overturned two other major abortion cases that had relied on it. So people talk about stare decisis. Well, Casey did was it was it was it was a pretty weak reaffirmation of Roe. The third reason Dobbs gave for overturning Roe and Casey is that those decisions gave the courts standards for evaluating the constitutionality of pro-life laws, but those standards were so vague, inconsistent, and undefined that they were unworkable. They did not provide the kind of clear and predictable guidance that courts and legislators need. Fourth reason, Roe and Casey did damage to other areas of the law, such as free speech rights for those who oppose abortion were being restricted all the time because, oh, it's a constitutional right. And doctrines like third-party standing, which is usually not permitted, in other words, when abortionists, it's allowed in abortion, though, here's the exception, abortionists will go to court and say, I'm representing the rights of the, the women who come here to get abortions. Meanwhile, these people are total strangers who are quite capable of going into the court themselves and arguing for their own rights if they want to. Why does the court keep allowing third party standing for abortionists, but not for the rest of us? I can't go into court for my friend and say, oh, he or she is being harmed by uh, 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 this law. Well, let them come in and speak for themselves. Okay. And the fifth reason, contrary to what Casey tried to say, the advancement of women in society doesn't depend on the availability of abortion. That's an insult to women. Oh, you can be equal in society. You can go pursue your career uh, as long as you can kill your child. That is such a degrading insult to women. It's unbelievable. Okay. Five, two other points in these 17 simple talking points that you can find at supremecourtvictory.com. Point 16, the Dobbs decision now allows legislatures to pass any laws prohibiting or restricting abortion as long as there's a rational basis for the laws and they are advancing a legitimate interest of the state. Legitimate interests would include, for instance, protecting unborn babies, protecting women's health, protecting the integrity of the medical profession, eliminating barbaric procedures, protecting unborn babies from pain, and other interests that the state might identify. And finally, the Supreme Court no longer wants to be the medical review board for abortion policy. And it doesn't want to replace its judgment for the judgment of lawmakers whom we the people elect. Laws on abortion that are challenged in court are to be given a strong presumption of validity instead of the courts continuing to block 
and block and block pro-life laws. So go to supremecourtvictory.com. Mark that website. We'll continue to keep it updated. Friends, by the hour, the protection of the unborn, I mean, this is it just, it's a dream. It's a dream coming true. Protection for the unborn is advancing by the hour. As pro-life laws are coming into effect, they've already been passed, they've already been worked on, but the courts have enjoined them, Roe v. Wade has blocked them, now the block, the roadblock is out of the way. You know what states now are abortion-free right at this moment? Abortion-free. Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi, Missouri, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Texas and Wisconsin um, and West Virginia as of this moment. This list will be changing uh, by the day. And brothers and sisters, as the months go on, more and more states will pass more and more laws. And the courts are going to be under now, not under Roe anymore or Casey, but under Dobbs, which is going to say hands off. Let the people decide. What a glorious moment this is. Let's see if I have a moment to uh, ask uh, or answer some of the, uh, the other questions. Uh, Julia is saying the radical left is afraid of the collapse of Planned Parenthood and losing a major funding apparatus. You know, that's an excellent point. Democrat candidates, see, the Democrats think, oh, this is, you know, of course, this is terrible. We're going to bring this to the ballot box and you know, we're going to uh, see if we can turn the tide in these midterm elections that don't seem to be going our way. Uh, and we'll turn it around with uh, this whole question of abortion and Roe v. Wade. I got news for the Democrats. This is not going to help you in the elections, especially if you keep pushing for unlimited abortion. But as, as Julia is saying, we have to be mindful of the fact that Planned Parenthood pumps tens of millions of dollars in every election into Democrat Democrat races. Where's their money coming from? Their money is coming from the abortions. And now as facilities are closing across the country, as states are becoming more abortion-free, guess who's getting less business and less money? Planned Parenthood. Guess who's getting less, less money, therefore? Democrat candidates. That reality is going to sink in pretty, pretty soon. How do we get Florida? Terry is asking. Here we're Florida residents here at Priests for Life. How do we get Florida to get rid of abortions up to 15 weeks? Well, the, 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 the law just went into effect, okay? Court tried to block it. The state appealed right away. Our law is in effect now, uh, protecting babies starting at 15 weeks. That's a big, big step. Because remember, in, abortion, in Florida, there's a lot of abortion facilities that have been doing abortions up until around 24 weeks uh, or later. Remember, these people don't care about the law. You can, be, you can be guaranteed they're happening even later than that. But the um, uh, law has gone into effect now. Now, how we go even further than that? I know that the, the governor is going to call a special session of the legislature after the election. Uh, to deal with this. And look at Mississippi. Mississippi's 15-week law is what generated the Dobbs case. But then after that, 
they passed a six-week uh, uh, law, and then after that, they 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 said, well, we're going to have a trigger law that protects the babies from conception. And now, what just happened, thanks to the Dobbs case, is that both the six-week uh, uh, protective law. So I like to say protective law rather than prohibition or ban because that's the positive thing that's being done, right? Both the babies and their moms are being protected from the violence of abortion. The six-week law went into effect, and so did the trigger ban. And that's why Mississippi, very appropriately so, is one of the states I just mentioned that is now abortion-free. Florida will be in that category. Uh, we got to do exactly what the court said, which is work through your elected representatives to get the job done. Um, any other questions that I can take? Let's see, we're running out of time, but uh, uh, let us, let's see. Uh, oh, yes, Michael, thank you, uh, Michael, for first of all, for being such a faithful watcher of our programs. I wonder uh, what Father says about the European Union blasting the Dobbs decision and trying to interfere in the affairs of this country. You know what? Get your own get your own affairs in order over there, uh, uh, would you please? Uh, and why would you be blasting this when uh, most of the countries in Europe are protecting the babies earlier than what Mississippi did that generated this case in the first place? And secondly, you know what these what some of these uh, uh, um, international leaders are saying. You know, I heard comments. Well, I read them the other night, right? You know, Canada and France and some of these world leaders talking about or people over at the World Health Organization. Yeah, right. We got a lot of a lot of reason to listen to you guys, right? Uh, saying, oh, this is terrible because it's putting women's rights backwards. Listen, you guys are the ones that have it backwards because the fact of the matter is you cannot claim a right to kill children by professing women's rights or privacy. Because, yes, there is such a thing as privacy and the right for the government not to intrude into your private lives. But that's not talking about taking another life. Again, as one of the talking points indicated, abortion is a unique act. It's inherently different from rights of privacy that protect you in your bodily autonomy, in your uh, uh, private life, in your married life, in your education of your children, or whatever other area of privacy you want to talk about, is inherently different when you're talking about ending purposely another life. And, 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 and that's what, you know, to the extent that these, these leaders keep talking past that, they are making the very error that the Supreme Court of the United States has just rejected. Friends, we're already out of time here. I so love talking with you. Uh, tomorrow night, you know, we're, what we're going to do tomorrow night, and I ask you to spread the word about Praying for America. We want to get more and more of an audience here, um, is uh, the midterm elections. We're going to talk about how the primaries have been going so far. It's been already a busy primary season. We've got about a half of them done, and uh, I'm going to have a guest on tomorrow night right here in our studio, Erin uh, Parfed, who's our political outreach associate at Priest for Life, and we're going to talk about how these primaries have been going. Action item for tonight, please go to supremecourtvictory.com. Click on that link that says talking points 
Download those 17 simple to understand points that I read for you tonight. I went rather quickly, first of all, because they are simple. And secondly, because uh, I wanted to, in the short time we have on this program, I wanted to be able to get through all of them with you and then enable you then to go into greater depth because you can go into greater depth on that same website and see uh, videos of other programs. Um, in fact, at the top of the hour, we, we, we've been repeating these programs on our endabortion.tv network and the other social media platforms that I'm on at FR Frank Pavone. So you can you can watch them that way, but they're all archived there on supremecourtvictory.com where we go through in detail, page by page, the Dobbs decision and all the different arguments. So you can go as deep as you want to go here, and we encourage you to do that so you can speak with confidence and persuasiveness to uh, your friends, relatives, co-workers as this issue continues to be so much in the news and with good reason because America is making a major, major turning point here now on the issue that really is the foundation of every other issue. Because if life can be disposed of, well, then what, what, what meaning do any other issues have? Any issue is an issue in the first place because it impacts human life. Human life is the, is the, is the foundation. It's the very purpose of government is the protection of human life. So thank you for your attention to this issue. And let's pray now. Lord, bless all our viewers, all their their prayer intentions we lift up to you right now, especially those that have been leaving prayer intentions in the comments. Lord, whether it's for health, for wisdom, for guidance, for strength, for returning uh, of people in the family to the practice of the faith, for for friends, for, for, for business decisions, whatever it is, Lord, send the Holy Spirit and meet the needs of your people, and bless them with your constant love and protection. Lord, we pray for our nation. We pray in thanksgiving for the protection of these little babies and the protections of their moms from the devastation of abortion. Help our nation understand what has just happened and what is unfolding before our very eyes, because this is helping us save this nation and to make America great again. And for that purpose, we now invoke the very words that Christ Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks, friends. Stay connected with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone. Truth Social, Getter, and all the other major platforms, FR Frank Pavone. YouTube, of course, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Facebook is Father. Spell out the word Father Frank Pavone. Uh, but stick with the Right Side Broadcasting Network as well at RSB Network. And please continue to spread the word about this program. We appreciate your participation. Thanks for all you do for the greatness of America. Thanks for all you do as part of the MAGA and ultra MAGA movement. Let us be proud. Let us be unashamed. Let us be vigorous in carrying forward this greatest movement in American political history. Thanks so much, friends. God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. 
This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.